I love recording in my closet. That's what I'm doing right now, just because it's a very humbling uh, experience, and I, th- I think that's good for me. Well, hello there, and welcome to The Ghosting Show, a podcast where I, your host, Anna, talk all about the most haunted locations and stories that I can possibly find. This week, I'll be telling you about presumably one of the most haunted places in the world, underground Edinburgh, so be sure to get a hold of your EMF readers, straighten up your dowsing rods, and join me for some ghostly gossip. Now, to start off, I just want you to imagine this. On a summer trip to the charming capital of Scotland, you arrive to the aged city and admire the beautiful framework of Old Town Edinburgh. The mismatched brick and stone structures meet your gaze and they paint your vision with the sight of a beloved land with a rich history that's gone on for thousands of years. You make your way through the city to Southbridge in order to get to your next destination on this adventure, the Edinburgh Vaults. You make your way through the entrance building and down the slim staircase to the vaults and you immediately feel a wave of cold air that greets you. Grimy walls and archways surround you, and you let your eyes wander to the infinite-seeming hallway in front of you. It looks like a dark pit, and it smells like a disaster waiting to happen. But perhaps it also represents a past tragedy that's already occurred. Now, back to where it all started. Edinburgh has been a city since back when Scotland adopted its first king ever, King Duncan, in the year 1035. Very, very, very old city here. Edinburgh was created with its ruling castle close by, and the north and south bridges were built in 1785 to connect it to the castle because it made the area highly defendable from attack. The south bridge was built with 19 stone arches underneath it, and the chambers and tunnels within the bridge were used to connect Old Town Edinburgh with the newer parts of the city as well. But as Edinburgh grew and expanded, there were about 120 rooms created within the arches that housed workshops, merchants, even living quarters. And when it was first opened up to the public in March of 1788, it was used with a literal floor-level hierarchy. The lower levels were home to the less fortunate citizens of Edinburgh. Basically, the lower under the bridge you were, the lower your social class was. And despite how popular the area became, there was a major flaw with the system and the design of the vaults. The viaduct was poorly designed, and because of the cracks and gaps in the structure, waste, blood, water, and disease were carried to the people in the lowest levels, which obviously caused a lot of infection and death for the people living on these levels. During the potato famine of 1845 to 1847, a lot of these people were Irish immigrants that were forced to the lowest levels and had to struggle to survive. The tunnels at this point, as well as Edinburgh's industrial age, housed as many as 10 people per room, and the conditions became even worse during this time with the rooms being crowded, damp, and barely having any air circulation. There was also no sanitation here, no running water, and no sunlight, so there was a lot of illness spread and tuberculosis became a growing problem. 
So as the conditions got worse, the tunnels became a hot spot for crime as serious as rape and murder. It was apparently such a bad area that serial killers were able to kill dozens of victims and store the bodies in the vaults without being caught or stopped at all. This happened in 1828 when William Burke and William Hare allegedly killed 16 people in the tunnels. No one knew about the bodies and no one knew about the deaths that happened there. In the late 19th century, the vaults were closed off in an attempt to stop the loads of criminal activity happening there. But in 1988, a local man rediscovered the rooms under the bridge and they were eventually cleaned, emptied, and opened up to the public again shortly after. Now, we have learned previously on this podcast, the amount of death that has occurred in a location doesn't necessarily measure how haunted it may be in the current state that it's in. This happened with the Stanley Hotel. It didn't have a particularly bad history, but it ended up being a really haunted location. But I will say the amount of death that has happened here in the Edinburgh vaults probably does account for a lot of the paranormal activity that has allegedly taken place here. And it's the reason that the labyrinth is named one of the most haunted places in the entire world. Obviously, as you enter the vaults, it just looks horrifying considering it's a collection of dark, damp chambers that get more run down as you continue deeper into the tunnels. But people have also reported their other experiences in the tunnels. People have reported gusts of cold air, they've heard voices, and sensed a presence around them. What? Dude, I just heard something. Like what? It was like a scuffle. Okay. Come on. There have also been reports of actual figures. I have seen many figures, apparitions, in these rooms. And again, when you're working here, you tend to always rationalize and think it's maybe a customer that's wandered in or somebody, a colleague. And then you realize that there's nobody else with you. Such as a ghostly boy named Jack grabbing their hands, as well as a man named Mr. Boots that has thrown rocks at people. People have also apparently heard his voice echoing through the tunnels, and they've heard his boots stomping down the halls. The watcher, like I said, isn't exactly friendly. If you see him, he's quite a distinctive fellow. Quite short, dark hat on, loose, scruffy coat, and a long, shiny pair of black leather boots. Just giving rise to the nickname for him, Mr. Boots. His footsteps are often heard echoing throughout the vaults. Those who see Mr. Boots aren't too worried about what he's wearing. It's his face that horrifies them. White oval, two hollows for eyes, wide gaping. And not only is he seen in and around the room, he's also often seen behind the tour guide. And apparently, in recent weeks, has taken to blowing out the it's also been reported that the ghost of William Burke and William Hare lurk in the tunnels and they still call it home. 
One of the oldest stories associated with the bridge as to why it might possibly be haunted is that when it was completed in 1788, it was agreed that the wife of a judge was going to be the first person to walk across it. But she unfortunately passed away a few days before. But having already made the promise, the local authorities agreed to uphold it. And indeed, she was the first person to cross the bridge, but in a coffin. And since then, the local people have considered the bridge to be cursed. Now, you can still take tours of the tunnels and vaults under the bridge and experience this energy for yourself. My sister is a big travel person, so she actually has visited the tunnels. She went a few years ago in 2018, and she went with her husband, and they actually had to leave the tunnels shortly after entering them. I remember when they got home, my sister just said she immediately felt bad after venturing into the vaults and she said it was really really scary i don't think any particular paranormal activity actually happened while they were in there they didn't see a ghost or anything or hear footsteps but the vibes were just immediately not good so this is absolutely somewhere that i would love to explore but i definitely would be careful while doing it (laughs) So that is going to be the end of this week's episode. Be sure to support the rest of our BGTV crew by watching our weekly episodes on YouTube and definitely check out the rest of our podcasts and newsletters. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been The Ghosting Show. Goodbye, everyone.